Hi, welcome to PFQ Learning Outcome 6. And in this session, we're going to look at project scheduling and resourcing. So we're going to look at the purpose of scheduling. Uh, we're going to have a look at critical path analysis. And we're going to have a look at the use of milestones. And we're going to see what the term time boxing means. So scheduling is a process to, to determine the overall duration of a project. Um, it involves identifying the activities and the logical relationship between those, the dependencies, the interdependencies between them. It, it involves estimating durations and um, all constrained um, and taking notice of the requirements that we've got. Um, so what is a schedule then? A schedule is a plan, a plan on over time. Um, it shows us what resources we need to do the work. It shows us the order in which we do the work. It, it tells us the start and finish of each of the activities. It tells us which path is critical. In other words, which path, if any component on that path is delayed, would affect directly the end of the project. And it also helps us to understand where the slack or the float is. In other words, which task can we delay or allow to slip without affecting the end. So if we think about the, the process for creating a schedule, the first step, uh, perhaps a pre-step, is that we have an established scope. So our work breakdown structure, our product breakdown structure, we establish the scopes. We have a list of all the jobs that need to be carried out. Then the step is the first step, if that was a pre-step, we then schedule these out in a logical fashion. So what is the order in which we do these things? So if you were cooking a meal, um, you have a whole range of things to do, um, but what is the order in which you do them? Can you do them in any order? Or there are some fixed things that have to be done. You have to do this before this. So we need to understand that and establish that. And we draw up something called a network diagram. Um, <clears throat> once we've done that, we estimate the duration of each of those tasks. And that allows us to create um, a Gantt chart um, named after uh, an engineer called Henry Gantt. But if you like a calendar um, diagram that shows the activities, their start and finish, and their relationships. Once we've done that, we can then calculate the overall duration, we can calculate the critical path, and any float that we have in that path. Then we add our milestones, these punctuation points, these moments of truth through the project. So for example, uh, payment milestones or key deliverables. Once we've done that, we then present the schedule to the stakeholders, to those who have to implement it, those who perhaps are going to interface with it, those who are going to provide resources for it, and we get feedback, and the feedback comes back, and we refine the schedule. And then once everybody's happy, um, we baseline it, call it version one, and we issue it. It is going to be a living document, but this represents our starting point, our baseline position. There's a little exercise for you to do here just to illustrate this. So somebody has come up with a list of uh, activities to build a football stadium. Now, I've never built a football stadium, but this is very generic, so it's not particularly difficult. It doesn't need specialised sporting knowledge. Um, and they've given us a duration, an estimated duration for each of the tasks. 
And what we'd like you to do, um, pause the video so you can see the screen, and what I'd like you to do is to answer the questions. So how long is this project going to take in terms of weeks? Um, what is the critical path? In other words, which path through that diagram determines the end date? And how many weeks can you delay starting recruit staff before it starts to impact the end of the project? And that would be its total float. So a little exercise for you to do there, just to sort of get into the swing of, of the scheduling um, technique here. So critical path analysis, what is all that about? Well, the critical path is that, that sequence, that continuous sequence through the project that determines the end date. If anything on the critical path changes, the end date changes. Um, nowadays, um, scheduling and critical path analysis is done almost exclusively using sort of desktop software. So Microsoft Project might be the, 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 the most well-known of these, but there are many others. Um, and in a sense, we this is all automated, so we just put the information in, um, and, the, and the danger, I suppose, is that we don't really understand what we're getting back. So the fact that we're looking at this, the building the football stadium, uh, and some diagrams that are coming up, just helps us to get an insight into actually what is happening behind the sort of the software screen, as it were, there. So the purpose of, 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 of um, scheduling and using critical path analysis is that it, it, it helps us to focus on the things that really matter. There are things in a project, obviously everything matters eventually, but there are th some things that matter immediately. And so it allows us to focus on those items on the critical path. It allows us to make sure that um, you know, we validate our estimates and of course, if we want to reduce overall duration, it's the critical path we're going to look at. If we can reduce something on the critical path, the end date comes down. But of course, it also means that we can focus our resources on the critical path. So let's imagine a project and it's starting to slip. And an item on the critical path is lacking resources. Well, we can find perhaps resources on a non-critical activity and divert them onto this activity and thereby sort of saving the day. So it allows us to, as long as we're focused on the critical path, we can ensure that the, the, the schedule is being managed properly. We can also monitor, of course, against the critical path as well. Um, here's a network diagram that has been uh, filled in with, with a lot of numbers. You don't have to worry too much about this. Um, the PFQ exam will not ask you to calculate uh, the critical path using this type of diagram, but it's useful to be aware of, of how this works. So this is how things like Microsoft Project actually work, and you can actually create these diagrams and view these diagrams in, in the software tools. So you can see that somebody's created a diagram here uh, that shows left to right the progress of a project in terms of the, uh, the events that happen, the activities that happen. And the top left, uh, tells us that we start on zero, so day day one or now, we call that day zero. And somebody has put in there uh, for activity A3 and for activity B4, the durations. And so what we've done is basically added it up 
and worked out that this project would take 17 days or weeks or months or whatever the time units are to complete. They've then done a, a backward pass. So they then put numbers in the bottom cells and work their way backwards. And that would allow them to not only calculate going forward the earliest things that can be done, but also the latest things can be done. So we've got the earliest, I can start this activity here, but I could wait to here to do it. And that allows me to see how much float or slack there is. Where there is no difference between the early and the finish, in other words, I have to start it on this day, that is a critical task on the critical path. So take a look at that because it is useful to understand how this works. Now, if we draw that diagram to scale on a calendar scale of time, we end up with the Gantt chart. And the Gantt chart here represents the network diagram next to it. And the Gantt chart is perhaps a more accessible type of diagram. More people would see this than the network diagram. But they're effectively the same diagram, just one is drawn to a scale and the other not. And you can see um, that you've got the critical path marked out in a slightly bolder colour there. Um, and you can see the dotted line showing the amount of slack or float. The Americans use the term slack, we talk about float. Uh, the amount of float in the activities that are not on the critical path. So that is the amount they can move before they do join the critical path. That's quite important for the project manager to know what is movable and flexible and what is not. Then we add our milestones. So milestones, quite important. So these could represent key performance indicators. These are um, moments in truth. It, when you add them to a Gantt chart, you actually add them physically as a zero duration activity. And the great thing about milestones is that nobody can ever say that we've nearly completed a milestone. You've either passed a milestone or you haven't. So they're great for reporting. Senior management like them. So, you know, rather than trying to work out whether we're 33% complete or 55% complete, we just say, have we met the milestone yet? And the answer is, it's binary, yes or no. If you're following the scenario in the book, um, you might want to just pause the slides at this moment in time and actually think about, in the scenario that you've been given, what the key milestones might be. And maybe you could relate that to your own project as well. What are the key milestones in the project that you are associated with? So if you're a supplier, um, there might be payment milestones to ensure the regular inflow of cash. There might be key deliverables. So the project management plan has been signed off or the design has been approved by the client or we've handed over the first batch of material. Those typically could be milestones. So there's a new term we want to look at here, and that's time boxing. This may be new to many people. So this is used in the agile world, the iterative lifecycle approach. And this is where we, um, and it's a generic term, but this is where we fix an end date and we do not allow that end date to change. So we adjust the scope or the quality of the work done in that period of time. Um, in an agile world, this is called a sprint, and it's usually set between two and four weeks. Um, and we would do as much work as we can, focusing on the higher value items there. And any job not done in that sprint is put back into something called uh, a backlog. 
um, and or, or, or into the requirements, and then this would be tackled at the next sprint or a subsequent sprint. So just a different way of looking at things, but this is about fixing time and adjusting the scope to suit. It ensures that we deliver things on time.